Hey there, it's David. Welcome to episode three, People Can Be Changed, which just so happens to be my normal number two on island hopping. This episode is all about possibility, if you are willing to get out of your own way. So, let's go island hopping. I believe that people can be changed. Everyone can be more than who they are today. This normal is fundamental to understanding island hopping. For if you believe that people can't be changed, if who you are today is all you will ever be, then you are wasting your time listening to this podcast. In fact, if people can't be changed, if who you are today is all you will ever be, then life is nothing more than simply survival of the fittest and genetic endurance. The strong will survive and the weak will die. And that pattern will go on and on and on into perpetuity. Well, sadly, too many of us have resigned ourselves to this very perspective. We have been taught that life is nothing more than natural selection and evolution. That who you are today is the result of who you have always been and will always be, a.k.a. a winner. And vice versa. The people who aren't here today are nothing more than the victims of who they had always been and always would be, a.k.a. a loser. Yet, in the process of natural selection and evolution, how did we get the haves and the have-nots, the winners and the losers? Well, are you open to the possibility that people have been changed? That who they were wasn't all there was? That transformation in their lives did occur? Are you open to a loser transforming into a winner? Or is your perspective on life so closed that you can't even entertain the possibility that who someone is today isn't who they have to be tomorrow? Well, as it relates to island hopping, the normal of people being able to be changed runs deep. People can be changed runs to the very heart of my understanding of humanity, my understanding of creation, and my understanding of grace and God. Even though this is my understanding, I do acknowledge that it's extremely difficult for someone to be changed. Old patterns are hard to break. Who you are at any given time is the single most daunting hurdle that you will ever need to overcome in your life. That is, if you ever dream of being someone who experiences more of the abundant life that God has planned for you. And countless times, all of us have seen people who have refused to allow transformation to occur in their lives. People who would constantly fall off the wagon who would live their lives in an up-and-down, in-and-out success and failure pattern of existence. They seem to do well for a time, and then, out of the blue, their old self comes roaring back in. They find themselves discouraged because the good that they want to do, they don't do, and the bad that they don't want to do, they end up doing. Which, by the way, has been around for a very long time because that's an exact quote from Romans chapter 7, verses 15-20. through 20. Sadly, 
wanting to do something or to be someone and actually doing something and becoming someone are two totally different things. Well, having said that, I, I want to tell a little story about someone who was very near and dear to me early in my ministry. It was a man by the name of Rocky. Rocky was a talented saxophone player. Uh, he came to the church to play in the praise band with his saxophone. Uh, we also later found out that he was a very good painter, and so we hired him to do painting at the church. I hired him to paint my house. And he did a very good job. Rocky was a good worker. Uh, he was someone who was very simple, uh, simple pleasures, um, simple humor. He was just a simple man. Well, one day, Rocky did not show up for practice. Then he did not show up for worship. And upon further inspection, we didn't know where Rocky was. He wasn't at his house. Uh, we didn't know where he had gone. Uh, a few weeks later, Rocky turns back up, and he looks like a, a puppy that has just done something that they uh, probably shouldn't have done and found out that Rocky was a binge alcoholic. He would go for months without any problems whatsoever, and then he would fall off the wagon, and he would drink himself into oblivion. He would sell everything that he could own, including his saxophone. He had a favorite pawn shop in the area where he would go and pawn off his goods, including his saxophone. He would get some cash, go buy alcohol, and then go on with his binge. And the pawn shop owner knew Rocky was a binge alcoholic, so he would hold on to all Rocky's stuff. And then after the binge was over, Rocky would come back to the pawn shop and then purchase all of his things back. It was quite the, the racket for the pawn shop. Well, this was my first ever encounter with someone who was a binge alcoholic. Someone who for long periods of time could ex could just appear to be so with it and so together and then out of the blue just turn around and be gone for weeks and so this was the relationship that I had with Rocky for years uh, trying to help him taking him to meetings um, when I found when I find out that he was drinking I'd go over to his house and I would get rid of all the liquor and I would put him in my car and take him home and put him in the shower and get him straightened up. And, you know, and he, it was just that type of relationship. And, and like I said, I was young. It was early on in my ministry and I had never really experienced anybody like Rocky before. Uh, I loved him dearly and uh, I, it just broke my heart to see him go through this kind of pain and this kind of suffering. I don't know what it was that brought him to that. I don't know what's in it, what was in his background. All I knew is that he was a very talented musician. He was a hardworking painter. Uh, he was a good man, but he fell off the wagon every now and then and just couldn't resist the temptation of getting drunk and getting very drunk for extended periods of time. Now, one day I, I got a phone call that he had ended up in the hospital. And so I went to visit him in the hospital and I was sitting in the room with Rocky when the doctor came in. And of course, when the doctor came in, he kind of cautiously looked at me and then looked back at Rocky and Rocky told him that I was his friend and his pastor and it was okay and he could share anything that he wanted in front of me. And so the doctor commenced to tell him medically um, how bad of shape he was in. Uh, he had had a, a bout uh, with his liver, and that's what brought him into the hospital. His liver was, was dying, was breaking down because of his alcoholism. 
And the doctor informed him that he said, uh, I don't think you have another binge in you. And your next binge just might be your last binge. And so he uh, left some information, uh, gave him some encouragement to, you know, check himself into a rehab center, get cleaned up, and hopefully kick this demon one last time. And so after the doctor left, I was sitting there in the room with him. It was kind of silent, and it was probably only silent for a few minutes, but it maybe seemed like an hour. And I looked at Rocky, and I was thinking in my mind all of the things that he needed to do and all the phone calls we needed to make and all the preparations that we needed to take care of so that Rocky could find a place, pay for a place, take the time to you know, get the help that he needed. And so all these things were running through my mind as I opened up my mouth, and I looked at Rocky, and I said, uh, there you have it, Rocky. I, I guess we know what we need to do. And Rocky just sat silently in the bed for a moment, and then he just looked up with those eyes and the sad eyes, sad eyes that just were defeated. And he just said, well, David, I don't know. What I had considered rock bottom with a doctor telling me as I'm laying in a hospital bed that the next binge just might be my last binge, that my life might end, um, to me, that was the epitome of rock bottom. That was the epitome of saying, well, now I, I'm kind of forced to do something. Before, you know, I always had options because, you know, I'd be okay. But now the doctor's saying I'm not going to be okay. What was my rock bottom wasn't his rock bottom. Um, he still, in that moment, didn't know if he, he could do it. And I remember thinking in my mind, because I really hadn't developed this process or developed this perspective that people can be changed. I still was operating under the power that people can change. I remember being a little frustrated with him in that moment and just telling him that I didn't understand how he could hear that news from the doctor and still not be um, powerful enough or still not be able to take that step to say, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make sure I kick this because I don't want to die. Well, a few days later, Rocky got out of the hospital, and we got the, a program started for him. We started working on getting some arrangements to get some money so that maybe he could check himself into a program. Until then, of course, we took him to meetings every single day. He started working again. He started playing the saxophone again, and, you know, he was doing fine. Um, and in that process, as we were trying to find a place for him to be able to check into to get himself cleaned up, um, he disappeared. And of course, all of us by that time knew what that meant when he disappeared, when he didn't show up for practice, when he didn't show up for church, when he didn't show up for jobs. And we knew that he was binging again. Well, sadly, unfortunately, um, this was about six months or so after that doctor's conversation in the hospital room. Um, I got a phone call that said that Rocky had passed away, that he was found at home and he had binged, and his liver had given out, and he had died in his sleep. And it, it broke my heart. It broke my heart to think that, that he couldn't kick that demon out. Uh, it broke my heart that he could hear the words of a doctor saying, your next binge will be the last binge, but yet he still couldn't change. And that's the really what planted the seed in, in my life to believe that, you know, when it gets right down to it, we don't have the ability to change on our own. Um, we can be changed. And that's kind of where this whole concept of this normal for me came out of was my experience with Rocky. In fact, I thought about 
talking about this new normal or this my current normal as calling it Rocky's normal uh, because he taught me that. And uh, as I spoke at his funeral, I came to the realization that if change is going to occur in my life and Rocky's life and anyone's life, it's not going to come from within. It's going to come from without. It's going to come from outside of us that we can be changed. And that was such a vital lesson for me to learn. Um, I was just kind of putting the the foundation of that uh, understanding. And it forever changed my relationship with people who struggle with demons, whether it's alcohol or drugs or anything else, who struggle with things that they know and they can even verbalize that they're bad for them, but they still do it. They, They still take that step. They still take that drink. They still put that needle in their arm. They still go and spend the the mortgage money on gambling. You know, they still do the things that they know that they're not supposed to be doing. They doing things that they know that are not good for them. And that was a lesson that I've learned. And it was a foundational piece for this understanding of uh, people can't change, but they can be changed. Well, notice that we are contemplating my normal of people can be changed. Please, do not confuse this with a normal of people can change, for those are two totally different versions of normal. If a person could change under their own power, they would change. All of us would if we could, but we can't, so we don't. No amount of effort on your part will bring about lasting change in your life. Yes, you can modify your behaviors under your own power. But behavior modification isn't the goal. The goal is transformation, transforming into the person that God has created you to be. I want to break in right here and and tell a little amusing story about this subject. Um, My wife and I were watching this comedy sitcom the other day, and this scene came up and it happened. It just made me think about what we're going to be talking about today on this podcast. And the scene was this. Uh, You have a woman and a man that work together. And the woman is talking to the man, and she is sharing with him about how she's unhappy with her health. She's unhappy with her weight, um, clothes that she really loves doesn't fit her anymore. And so basically, she is talking about the fact that she would like to lose weight. She would, she would like to, in her opinion, her words, to, to look better. And, of course, the man in this, and it was a comedy, so it was meant to be funny, but we all know that comedy that's truly funny is funny because it's true. And this man was sitting there, and he was, like, reading a magazine or something. He wasn't really paying attention to what she was saying. She was just talking at him. Um, He kind of took off his glasses and raised his head and looked at her, and he said, this is really simple. If you want to lose weight, stop eating and exercise. End of discussion. And then he put his glasses back on and went back to reading. It's a very short little scene, a very, very simple little thing, but it reminded me of the fact that how many of us operate just like that. Was that man speaking the truth? Of course. If you want to lose weight, you take care of what you're eating, you watch what you're eating, and you increase your activity, you increase your exercise, and that is a recipe for losing weight. The problem is, is that if you're doing that, you're modifying your behaviors to lose weight, what will happen when you achieve your goal? You will go right back to your 
previous relationship with food and exercise. And you will go back to eating the things that you weren't eating to lose weight. You will go back to not exercising if that was your normal. Um, And the thing that we have to understand is that behavior modification works, but it only works for a short amount of time. Uh, When the behavior modification motivation is gone, then guess what? You're going to fall right back into old patterns. You're going to fall right back into old ways of doing things, old ways of experiencing things. And truly, if you do want to lose weight, if you want to become healthier, um, the point that this sitcom was making through the comedy was saying you can't just change your behaviors. You've got to change you. You have to be transformed. Your relationship with food has to be transformed. Your relationship with exercise has to be transformed. And that's the only way that you can truly have success in that area of your life when you're coming, talking about weight loss specifically. But you can expand that also, too, to understand that if you want to have success in any other aspect of your life, if you have an aspect of your life that you want to change, if you have an aspect of your life that you're saying to yourself right now, I I don't want to be like that anymore, I don't want to look like that anymore, I don't want to act like that anymore, whatever the case may be, the first thing you need to do is you need to admit, you need to acknowledge, you need to understand that you don't have the power to do it. That you don't have the power to change all on your own, that you're going to need to be transformed from the without, from outside of you. That you need to understand that when it comes to behavior modification, that will only work for a short amount of time. It will only work for for a short period until your motivation is gone, and then you're going to just slip right back into your old patterns. So the goal is not to modify your behaviors. The goal is to transform your patterns. The goal is to transform who you are. And once you transform who you are, your behaviors will fall in line. And that was a piece that just came up so clearly when we were watching that sitcom, uh, when I was thinking about what we're going to be talking about today. Well, the reality of your inability to change under your own power is the very reason why, as a follower of Jesus, I believe that we are all saved by grace through faith. No amount of effort on my part will ever save me. Nobody can work their way into a right relationship with God. You can't and you won't change on your own. I'm not saved by any amount of good works, for none of us can be good enough. Being saved isn't something that I do. It's someone that I am. And this truth is the same in every aspect of your life. Your life can't be transformed under your own power or your own works, what you do. Behavior modification will never transform anyone's life. It will simply change what one does or what one doesn't do. That is, until that change is no longer desired. Once your behavior modification motivation is gone, who you are will win out. And you will go right back to doing everything that you didn't want to do or wanted to do but didn't. The only way that lasting change will happen in anyone's life is through the transformation of who you are. Do you want to lose weight? Well, don't just stop eating sugar and carbs. Transform who you are in relationship to food. Do you want to stop smoking? Don't just put on the patch or get a shot. Transform who you are in relationship to cigarettes. Do you want to quit drinking or gambling or lying or stealing or cheating? Do you want to go closer to the people in your life? Uh, Do you want to, well, fill in the blank. Your answer must be better than behavior modification. Transform who you are in relationship to all of these things. 
transform who you are in relationship to everything. Well, that's easier said than done. Nobody can simply flip a switch and transform who they are. None of us can will ourselves or even work ourselves into transformation. Is there will and work involved in transformation? Well, sure. But if will and work was all that was necessary to transform your life, your life would have been transformed a long time ago. For will and work is what you have, but it's transformation that you lack. Okay, so what's a person to do? If I can't will and work my way into transformation, how can my life be transformed? If transformation is the goal and I can't transform my life through behavior modification, what do I do? The first step is to make a simple confession. I don't have the power to transform myself. Put another way, this confession sounds like this. It's only from without that I will ever be changed. Let's think about the last time that you looked for something that you had lost. Maybe your car keys or a homework assignment or your friend's favorite book. When did you start looking for it? You started looking for it the moment you realized that you didn't have it. You would have never looked for your car keys, that homework assignment, or your friend's favorite book until you wanted to drive the car or the due date was pending or your friend asked for their book back. You never look for an answer until a question is asked. You never seek to find what you don't have until you realize that you don't have it. When you realize that you are without. Only when you realize that you are without will you ever begin to search. Searching will never occur until you realize that you are without. For this searching is the very essence of island hopping. So, a normal that you must wrestle with on this journey is that people can be changed. No one is doomed to be who they are forever with no possibility of transformation. Since people can be changed, who is doing the changing? If change can only occur in my life through the transformation of who I am, who or what will transform me? The short answer is the one who created you and gifted you to live your life in this specific time and place. For me, that's God. The long answer is that the change you will need to experience in your life is simply the process of becoming who you have always been intended to be, the transformation into the potential of you. And that answer will take a little longer to unpack. Suffice it to say that right here, right now, it's good enough to simply embrace the reality that people can be changed. Everyone can be different. Everyone can be transformed from the inside out. Everyone can overcome. For today is the first day of the rest of your life. Your future isn't determined by your past. Why? Because people can be changed. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. I look forward to talking with you again on episode four, Perfect Perfection. Until then, stay open to possibility in your life.